We are rocking it today on Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. We're going to talk muskies, the professional muskie tournament trail to be specific. Their final qualifier for this year is in Bemidji at the end of the month. We'll hear from Tim Widlacki of the PMTT and Brady Loudon of Visit Bemidji. And we head north to Lake Vermilion, find out what the bite's been doing there. Former beaver Buck Lescarbo joins us to talk Vermilion fishing. It's all coming up next. Welcome to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Later on in today's show, we're going to hear from Buck Lascarbo and find out what's going on up on Vermilion. But first, a big event coming to Bemidji. We are previewing an event that is coming up uh, at the end of August. We have Brady Loudon of Visit Bemidji, and now a fishing guide in his own right. And we have Tim Widlacki. He is the uh, tournament director of the Professional Muskie Tournament Trail. Uh, Tim, Brady, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having us on, Kev. We're very excited to be on. Yep, my pleasure. So, uh, Tim, let's talk a little bit about the Professional Muskie Tournament Trail, a kind of self-explanatory title, but uh, just give us a rundown of what this this organization is, how long it's been around, and uh, how it got started. Sure. We're in our 23rd year now of holding tournaments all across the Muskie Range. And the the name is kind of a little bit of a misnomer because – I know it's called professional. That's more of the way it's run, not the guys that can get in. And so when we first started, that was actually a little bit of a struggle. Everybody thought they'd be a guide or a pro, and they didn't know it was open to anybody. And it took us quite a bit of years to get over that hump. But, yeah, we're definitely open to anybody. We're an open-format tournament, anybody that wants to fish. Like I said, we're in our 23rd year now of doing this. We've fished in, who I think, 16, 17 different states and a couple different provinces in Canada and uh, quite a few of the Boundary Waters also. And it's been it's been an awesome time. We have uh, several events every year and then a year-end championship. So it's been, a, it's been a really good ride going around watching these guys dissect water and try to put these giant beasts in the net and get some photos for us. Well, you know, it's it's a very different uh, tournament than your typical fishing tournament, which requires catching a lot of fish. It's never a lot of fish with muskies. It's uh, it's the biggest fish, right? Yeah, you know, that's a good point. I, the great thing about, like, a bass tournament, you can get in, or a walleye tournament, and, you know, you go up against some of these top pros, you're going to get your butt handed to you. But the muskie itself levels the playing field. That's what's great about it. I mean, you could you could be the best there is, but that muskie could show you who's boss that day. And uh, somebody newer or newer to that water, uh, they go out there and poke a couple of fish. And, you know, and we've had it happen many times over 23 years. Rarely does the home field pro guy win his tournament. It's usually somebody else that's not as familiar with that water. It's like I said, that the fish is a little bit different, a little bit harder to catch. So it uh, makes for a much more exciting event that everybody's in it till the end. Well, I, you know, you're right. Everybody is in because how many times have I heard over the years doing this show of the the walleye angler who caught the uh, giant muskie on four pound test, you know, and never caught one before in his life. I mean, they they can make a they can make a, a youngster feel really really powerful, and they can make a, a seasoned pro feel really really uh, sheepish. Yeah, that, that's that's exactly how it is. I I've seen it so many times where some of the Best known the guys, and and we actually one year uh, uh, had a, a five year old and his dad win our whole championship. The 
brand new Ranger boat, Mercury boat, everything. They won the whole thing, and and the dad let the five year old reel in. They were trolling, and he let the five year old reel in every fish, and he just netted them. Brady, the professional muskie tournament trail is indeed coming here to Bemidji. Uh, what uh, prompted uh, Visit Bemidji to get involved in this? Yeah, absolutely, Kev. So um, we had Carrie from Rudkers actually reach out to us, and she let us know about the opportunity. And as soon as she let me know, and I got to talk to Tim, I was like, this is a no-brainer. We need to get this to Bemidji. It's wonderful for the town. The fishery is unbelievable. I am so excited to see what these anglers catch. And uh, it's just going to be a really fun event for everyone. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a great time. Well, Tim, uh, the tournament that, that's actually coming to Bemidji, um, describe that as far as where it falls in your, in your tournament season. Sure. This is our last qualifier for the year. So you have to fish in at least two of the qualifiers. And it, this is the one. This is it because this, this is going to determine who makes our championship at the end of the year. We have a year-end championship our, uh, on the Chippewa Flowage outside of Hayward, Wisconsin. So this will this is kind of the determining factor. So it's going to be the it's going to be a great event going to a, a location like Bemidji. And the way this lays out, like I said, with this one, the amount of guys we got coming and everything, I, I'm excited to get there because I used to fish Bemidji years ago when people really weren't even fishing Bemidji for for muskies, and it was great. And I never even talked about it because I kind of didn't want to go there for a tournament. <laughs> I, kind of a little stingy, I guess. And, but no, it's an awe. I love the whole town. I love the body water, everything. I'm excited to get up there myself. So um, what kind of uh, prize money are we looking at for this tournament? First place prize on a full field is $20,000. And we're close to that. We're close to that. We There's only a few spots left um for this tournament to fill up, so I, I'm kind of expecting a full field. I'm expecting if first place ain't twenty thousand, it's going to be really, really close. And when it's usually that close, we usually pay out the twenty thousand anyway. Okay, so uh, what is a full field? One hundred and twenty-five teams. So, and we take a few over. And the reason I say over, it's in the rules that way. We take a couple over because of you know no shows. You get that sometimes with guys that you know last minute problems, issues, circumstances, you know situations. So 125 is a full field, and we're really close. We're close to like 120. It's something in that place. Okay. Now, um, teams, that is kind of unusual in the muskie tournament world. It's usually uh, just a s- solo effort. Right. And, well, because of us, tra- you know, with you traveling, and we got guys coming from 13 different states to Bemidji, and typically a couple from Canada, but not this year with it being cut off the way it's been. But 13, you've got to have somebody, you know, with the amount of money on the line, the the time these guys put forth into traveling. Guys, go, I guarantee you, we've had a lot of guys up there this year pre-fishing also. So that's a lot of time and expenses considering they're coming from as far. And I know some of the guys that have been up from Kentucky that have mm-hmm. already driven to Bemidji just to pre-fish to learn the water a little bit and get ready for that tournament. There's a lot of commitment, so that's why we kind of keep it on a team event. If you want to blame somebody for losing a fish, it should be your partner. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brady, uh, that uh, explains exactly why Visit Bemidji wanted to be part of this. Absolutely, Kev. Yes, uh, I'm, I'm actually not as much of a musky fisherman as I am doing the other guiding, but uh, I, I respect the fishery and the fishing. These guys work so hard to be able to find those fish and locate them and being able to do the figure eight and all that. So it's... Uh, it's going to be really fun to see how this whole thing plays out. 
So, Absol- absolutely, and and I guess Tim, that's our next question: is how does the tournament run? Um, so we we fish the the first day is like eight hours. We do seven to four, and the second day is seven to one. But we run the tournaments on a point system, so it's not always the biggest fish. I mean, like every tournament, bass. Well, I don't care what you're in, you want a kicker because have one big one is as good as two or three smaller ones. But we have a point system because everything's immediately released. So when they catch the fish, they're going to take uh, a measurement on their bump boards. And then they're going to text it to us immediately. They're going to text us the pictures of the fish on the bump board. And so we can verify, we can see the nose and the tail. And then they'll, you know, send us the length. And, and that's how we verify them. So there's no, I mean, really conservation minded. All the fish are released right where they're caught. They don't put them in a live well. There's no reason to do anything with them. And we hand them colored dots. And they don't know what colored dots to put on the bump board. That's how we verify they were caught that day. We hand them a sheet of colored dots. And then in the morning we tell them, hey, put green or red or, you know, yellow and blue. And they got to put that dot colored dot combination on their bump boards. So that way we can also verify that they were caught that right there that day. Okay. And so, uh, again, so there's, there's two days of fishing. Correct. Friday. And it'll be, and it's a, Yep, Friday and Saturday, and it's a point total system. And like I was saying, they so you get 30 points for, or six, 14 points for like a 30-inch fish, and you get a quarter point every every inch after, I mean, I'm sorry, you get one point for every quarter inch after that. Okay. So technically, if you looked at our charts, like a 40-inch fish is 54 points. And if you caught a couple of smaller fish, like two 34-inchers, they almost total up the same amount of points and if you weighed them both they'd almost weigh the same so our point system is geared kind of towards the fish weight and we have never weighed our fish ever in our 23 years so we've always done a release method much more to cover with brady loudon of visit bemidji and tim Ladke of the pro muskie tournament trail later on in the show but up next we're going to find out how things are going on lake vermilion with former beaver hockey great buck lescarbo now current vermilion fishing great this is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Hi, this is Dick Beardsley with Dick Beardsley Fishing Guide Service. Are you looking to plan a fishing trip? Look no further as Bemidji, Minnesota is your year-round destination for walleyes, pike, muskie, bass, perch, crappie, panfish, and more. With over 400 fishing lakes within a 25-mile radius of Bemidji, come take a cast of becoming a fishing legend. While you're on your fishing adventure, come take a picture with the historic Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox. Discover the first city on the Mississippi, Bemidji, one step further. Welcome back to Fishing Paul Bunyan Country. Presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. We bring an old BSU beaver into the show. We had him on a few years ago, and he was guiding for the governor's uh, walleye opener up on Lake Vermilion. Buck Lescarbo. And, Buck, uh, welcome back to the show. It's great to have you on again. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm guiding the governor over in, on Vermilion in 2015. was an awesome uh, uh, experience and quite, quite, quite an honor. So thank you for that. Thanks for covering it. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, when when we got a beaver, uh, you know, putting the governor out on the on the water catching fish, we got to talk about that. But uh, you continue to be a guide up there with Best Bed Guide Service. Is that? I mean, is that your career? Is that what you're doing full time? 
it is now. I used to work at Hidden Taconite for 30 years, and it's a 30 and out. So actually, I've been retired for exactly about one year. So it's very nice not to have to run back and forth. So I was burning the candle at both ends there for sure. Uh, so now it's nice to be, have that extra time to work on t- tackle and check out new spots. And uh, my wife and I will go out now. Uh, but she doesn't like to scout, you know what I mean? Because yeah. I'll know like four or five spots where I think I can get them. I, I need to find others. So after about three hours of me driving around drafting spots, like, let's go catch some fish. <laughs> I can't blame her. Yeah, that's what we're here for, right? Right. So, Buck, uh, for those who aren't familiar, you were you were uh, one of, uh, what is it, three or four hockey-playing Les Garbeau brothers at Bemidji yeah, State back in the sure. 80s? Yeah, that was a huge honor. 1985, me and my... Uh, brother mark and brother todd all played on the same line and boy we clicked uh, unfortunately one player got hurt and then they moved todd to our line and we just clicked and uh it was it was an awesome experience yeah 84 we won a championship played with a lot of great players joel otto dre bradley too many to list bob fitzgerald i could go on the roster was stacked and a bunch of good guys good leaders and then I think we won, yeah, when I was a senior, we won it in 86 again, and that was a huge honor. We beat an IRT team that was really good. If it was a seven-game series, I don't think we would have won it, Kev. But it was a, it was 60 minutes of hockey. Uh, uh, our goalie, Martin, stood on his lips, uh, and we beat him. <laughs> we, we, we played hard and got some bounces, and we won it, and it was awesome. I remember that. Yep, I was uh, actually graduating '85, but I remember the '86 championship, and obviously remember the '84 championship, thirty-one and zero. That's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's there yeah. forever in my memory. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. so how did you? Well, uh, where did you play your high school hockey? Uh, Eisenhower, and then I went up to Alaska Fairbanks. A bunch of us from Minnesota went up there the first year, and then we played Bemidji down in uh, Bemidji State, and they beat us like. Uh, uh, 13 to 2 so I thought it might be a good time to gr- uh, transfer because they uh, coach Peters had uh, recruited both, both my brother Mark and I and uh, Alaska was great a lot of great guys lots lots of great memories but uh, it, Bemidji is awesome Bemidji State is awesome and the memories I have and my daughter once I met my wife Megan there uh, Jim Scanlon the girls coach is my brother-in-law and my son Joe went there my daughter ellen so yeah bemidji's got a place a special place in our heart and we try to get over there as much as possible well we do get over there a lot so wow um yeah so so you made your way up to bemidji and then you decided to just keep going north <laughs> yeah yeah right yeah 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 for sure <laughs> so uh got the job at hitting taconite and kind of uh went into the guiding about 24 years ago so i did both took all my vacation six weeks i'd guide but really, I was burning the candle at both ends, trying to do both, and uh, it's 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 very nice now to just again have that extra time to check spots and and uh, Vermilion's an awesome lake. It's a Canadian Shield lake, and it kind of spoils, you know. I love Bemidji. Uh, Bemidji lakes do really well over there, but uh, Vermilion with the pines and the granite crop outcroppings is uh, it gets in your blood, man. It's uh, it's awesome. You know, it is an awesome lake. I had a, a very good friend who's uh, who had a family cabin up on one of the islands, and we got to go up there on, a, on an annual basis. And uh, it is just a, a really unique lake, and a, it's a lot of fun. And the thing is, there's so many different species there. I mean, I'm hearing more and more guys from this area that want to make that trip up there to catch uh, bass, to catch walleyes, to catch muskies, whatever. Yeah, 
and boy, right now it's it's funny. It's kind of vacation time, so we get a lot of kids. So uh, the other day I had a mom and her son, and I had a trailer boat with the dad and two boys, and the uh, wife was reeling in a 14-inch walleye, and a, a, about a 50-inch muskie just came up and smoked it. <laughs> yeah, they're getting active on the rock piles. Some of the best stories of the year involve kids and muskies because the kids are screaming, and the mother was just excited as all get out. She was shaking afterwards. The muskie ver- just smoked the the wall and killed it but uh, they were able to eat it but so it was a nice experience for her she had it on for like three minutes wow yeah that yeah. is something that i don't think she expected <laughs> no no she was pumped really pumped and today it was like like half and half with small i had three kids and their dad and the youngest one was four so it's bob pretty much bobber fishing put it on spot lock get over uh, half and half, walleye and bass, and those kids are just, and, and they all keep track. You know, I'm at nine, I'm at, I'm at 11, you know, so, and they, whatever it is, a perch or whatever. So we just get them on fish. And today it was about half and half, walleyes and, and smallmouth. Smallmouth start to move up to the same rock piles that we fished uh, walleye on about uh, typically July 15th. So that's great action for families and kids and uh, kids of all ages, I guess. So are you getting uh, pretty good action on all species right now on, on the lake? Yeah, I don't fish for the muskie, but from what I'm seeing, I'm you know, I fish a lot of rock piles this shit time of year, like uh, 8 to 12 feet, a lot of slip bobber and half a crawler. Some of the guys are still are using leeches, but again, with the families and the kids, especially, it, it's real effective, and it's an effective way to do it, especially like today. I don't like to take four people in the boat, but it's a family, you know, even one, two off this side, two off this side, get right over the top of them, hit the spot lock, and it's real effective. Um, I guess, I, you know, at the time I was up there, uh, I didn't realize that it was such a good bass lake, but but it's loaded for bass, isn't it? Yeah, it is. What a lot of people don't realize, it's got a, a big, uh, large mouth. Well, not big. I'd say, you know, 25% of what the smallies are. Pretty much wake them up narrows, uh, oak narrows, but there is a good largemouth population too. But yeah, the smallies, pound for pound, they're the toughest fish on the lake, and they're a battle, you know. <laughs> Kids love it. Kids of all ages, again, I mean, I love catching them too. Absolutely, and everybody loves catching bass. You know, even the walleye guys admit that it's fun to catch bass, it just is. Yeah, and, you know, we run into some really nice perch, too, doing the same thing. It can be a mixed bag and some nice bluegills. So it's funny you should mention the different species because I'm seeing them all here the past couple of weeks. And and you'll see a musky porpoise, you know, so they're up. I don't know how why they do that because I'm not a musky guy. The guys tell me it's trying to help digest their food, but uh, I'll take their word for it. But they're <laughs> always fun to see, you know, they look like a shark coming through the water. They'll swim with their dorsal fin out of the water. It's pretty cool. Oh, man. Um, so tell us, you know, you, you mentioned that it's a Canadian Shield Lake, very different than Lake Bemidji and, and most of the lakes down here. Um, explain the differences in, in, in what we can expect when we fish on a lake like Vermilion. Well, it's different because in early and late, I'm fishing like 25 to 50 feet of water, and it's a deep jigging thing. It's a mayfly larvae pattern where those mayflies will hatch and, like June, the eggs hit the water, they go to the bottom, they hatch, and then the young of the year, the larvae, burrow into these areas. And uh, it's clay, mud, sand, and the walleyes and perch will actually lay on their side and brush them loose. 
makes up about 80% of their diet for the first three weeks of the year. That's what I'm fishing primarily. And usually the, the shallows uh, are too, too cold. You know, it's either uh, spawn or post-spawn. So I'll give people a choice. We can, you know, you know, pitch jig shallow and get, you know, we might get four or five and eight hours or fish deeper and get maybe 30, 40. They run smaller because they're juvenile fish, you know. They're anywhere from 12 to hopefully up to like 16. That's why I usually see a slot at like 17 because that's uh, when the females reach maturity and spawn. So, you know, I haven't had anybody yet really say, oh, let's go shallow for big ones. Maybe after you get, you know, uh, some good action deep and a lot of go through a lot of minnows. So he's jigging minnow, quarter ounce, you know, three-eighths ounce. Best colors are, are chartreuse, pink, uh, orange. Um, but, uh, okay, so then about, let's say, first part of June, mid-June, the, the females have recuperated and they're up on the rocks, shallow rocks, anywhere from 8 to 12, or shorelines, wind-blown shorelines with gravelly up to softball-sized uh, uh, rocks, mm-hmm. and that's great habitat. And you're pitching jigs, eighth-ounce jigs, same colors but shallower, and that's when you get the bigger ones. And then really that pattern, especially the rock piles, stays true to like the third third week of September. And then we go back to the deep jigging again. Same colors, same spots, again, 25 to 50 feet of water. Okay. Um, and again, uh, just any species you want, but it's kind of cool. It sounds like, you know, you don't, I mean, every lake's going to have slower times than others, but it doesn't, doesn't sound like Vermilion really has those real dog days that uh, some lakes are very infamous for. They can. This year we didn't. You know, I would typically say if you're out there every day, it helps like I am. But between, you know, about the 4th and the 20th of July, there's just a ton of food in the water. Mm-hmm. Not to be oversimplistic, but, I mean, they're feeding just as much as they ever do because, you know, everything's the water temp is like 75 to even up to 80 this year. Uh, so their metabolisms are way up there. So they're feeding just as much as they always do, but your bait's got more competition, and the feeding windows are shorter, you know what I mean? And then you pile weather in on that, and uh, it's usually after a week after the mayflies are done hatching, typically that. If the mayflies aren't a problem as much, you know. I get nervous about the week after when everything else gets to be about uh, an inch and a half to two inches long. That's when you got to really uh, can be a challenge, you know. So, um, when you're when you're fishing that lake, and particularly in the summer, um, and the heat has that been a factor? The heat this year, in particular. No, I tell you what, it's uh, everything's about two weeks ahead this year. You know, the ice out was two weeks ahead, and, and the water temps with the warm weather. No, I'm fishing like eight feet of water, eight to twelve feet of water with bobbers and half a crawler, and no, it just. It, it, I remember reading years ago, like water, uh, walleye's preferred temperature was like 62 degrees, which made sense. But you know, I'm I'm catching them in 75 degree water. They're where the food is, you know. And again, their metabolisms are as more active as they're ever going to be for the time period. And uh, yeah, I'm fishing them shallow, and no heat isn't a problem, especially when you get a breeze, humidity. Like three three days ago, that's some of the best fishing. It can be 90 breezy you know that's the best fishing a front's coming in and even this smoke we've had from the uh those canadian wildfires 
I think that helps. It kind of filter out, filters out the direct sunlight. Okay. Oh, sure. Yeah, that that makes perfect sense. Um, I don't know about uh, your, you know, your lake. Um, we've certainly had some bad news down here over the last few years with AIS. What's the situation up there on Vermilion? Uh, fortunately, they don't think the uh, zebra mussels can survive in Vermilion. Oh. Yeah, I mean, the DNR is doing well, and our local uh, lake association is doing a good job of with the checks at the boat launches. And uh, I think we would have had them by now, and I think those are the ones I'm most afraid of because, uh, you know, they make the water, so it, it changes the fishery where day, daytime fishing can get real difficult, in my understanding. But having said that, Winnie has them, and they're having a great year, it sounds like. Yeah, um, it, it, it's taken the anglers a few years to figure out where the fish are now, but now that they have, um, they're having great uh, success, and they're very excited for the next few years when those uh, those 11 to 13-inch walleyes start becoming, you know, 13 to 15 and then 14 to 16. Uh, yeah. they, they think they've got uh, several great years coming up now. Yeah, we've got the same fish. It seems like my understanding from the DNR guys that I work with uh, biologists for various initiatives. Uh, it sounds like it's region wide. It's weather wide. So if Vermilion has a good cat, uh, hatch, Winnie's going to have one. You know, it's kind of region wide, and it's all weather related. And we have those same fish. So yeah, it's looking good for the big B also. So, um, and you don't have besides the zebras, no other AAS that are that you're aware of. Yeah, spiny water oh, fleet. Yeah, and they for the trollers. Uh, lead core or whatever uh, they they're getting I do a little of that kind of it's not my favorite way to fish but out of necessity on vermilion last few years like let's say about the third week in August for whatever reason the fish just go out to the main basin areas over the mud it's probably mayfly related I'm sure it's food related but you know the the traditional structure like rock piles and stuff I like to fish and uh, they just disappear so if you don't you know, get yourself, uh, if you don't know how to lead core or downrig, you can come into shore lunch with uh, a couple of fish where the other guys are coming in with uh, 10 or 12, and it's like, hmm, you don't want to do that too often. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. Yeah, you got to learn it. So I learned it, <laughs> you know. And again, the fish kind of hooks itself, but, uh, yeah, it's sometimes it's the only game in town, so you, you got to go with what's working. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, if we were going to head up there this weekend, uh, what do we need to bring with us? I'd say slip bobbers. Uh, the other thing I do a lot of is uh, eighth ounce jig head and a half a crawler. Like I'll keep my eyes on the electronics when I'm coming up to these rock piles, whether they're eight or or twelve or fifteen footers. And a lot of times at the bases of them, there's going to be sand or clay. And a lot of the times, if those fish aren't on top they'll be there so then i'll back off and either bobber them or what's funner is to pitch a eighth ounce jig and and you can get them that way for sure okay hey when yeah. you were when you were um growing up are you were you into fishing and hunting and all that stuff when you were a kid as well i was i was and my mom and dad weren't so i think it skips generations you know <laughs> i'm glad i got infected with it you know because uh and my son likes it my daughter likes it my wife likes to fish but Prior to me retiring, she didn't get to go that much because her husband was a fishing guide, you know, yes. one of those deals. <laughs> so um, how how much time did you get to ice fish 
uh, when when you were playing for Coach Peters? Uh, not a ton, not a ton. <laughs> but he did. It was it was awesome. They take. I think the Peterson brothers kind of guided us up on uh, uh, from Northland, as they're called. They they brought us up to Lake of the Woods or no uh, Red on a kind of a team bonding deal. And we caught a bunch of fish. And I was in charge of making the because I love to fish so. We cut we cut up a bunch of wood hockey sticks and pounded nails in them, and me and a couple other guys sat and made thirty of these. And some of the guys didn't know how to fish, you know. But we caught I think we caught about thirty walleyes, and we had a nice big uh, uh, meal at one of the guys' uh, fish fry at somebody's house that night. Maybe a couple of beers too, as I recall. <laughs> Maybe more than a few. But yeah. Awesome. No, but Pavilion's doing great. I see Bemidji's doing great, and Winnie's doing great. And uh, we we love to get over there anytime we can. My wife's best friend still lives over there. We we got a ton of friends that still live over there. So that's a good place to live. Oh man, yeah. Well, listen, yeah. Buck. If uh, if people want to go fishing up on Vermilion and uh, and hire a great guide like Buck Lescarbo, how do we best? Uh, how do we go about doing that? Well, again, let me. My uh, my cell is two one eight. Nine six nine, ten twenty two, two one eight nine six nine one zero two two. That's it. All right, and uh, and we'll and you'll take it from there. Absolutely, I'll help them out. All right, if give us, if I can't take them, I'll give them some information or try to steer them in the right direction. He's a former Beaver great, Buck Lescarbo. He is the current. Uh, Proprietor of Best Bet Guide Service, now full-time. And uh, congratulations on that, Buck. Thanks for taking the time today. Hey, thanks for having me. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Brady Loudon of Visit Bemidji and Tim Widlacki of the Professional Muskie Tournament Trail joining me today to talk about a big event coming to Bemidji, the final qualifier for this year's Professional Muskie Tournament Trail. What waters are these guys able to fish? We're fishing a, a, a lot of areas. Uh, Bemidji, any any of the connecting waters between Bemidji and Cass, whatever they can get to. Okay. So the, if they are in Cass and they can get, they want to go all the way through to Andruza and over to Wolf, that's fine. If they're on Bemidji and they want to go over to Irving, if you can get to it from our ease out locations, which one is at Rutgers and the other one is at the the Route Two ramp, if you can get to that water as long as you ease out, you can fish it. Okay. Um, so uh, does everybody take off at the same time or how does that work? Yes. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. No, we don't do a shotgun start. We have a, a number system. So there's a boat one, two, three, four. And, and so they take, they take off in their numbered sequence, which was basically determined on when they receive our entry fee. So yes, the guys that get in the last few spots we fill will be the last ones going out, but that's kind of the bonus you earn for tying up your money and putting in the commitment, you know, to fish. So the guys that get in the last minute, yeah, they're going to have a little bit, they're going to be 10 minutes behind everybody else. Okay. So to speak. Gotcha. Um, so now at the end of the day, I mean, there's not a way in per se. Um, do you have some sort of a um, gathering where they find out where everybody's sitting? Yes, at, at Rutgers at the end of both days on Friday, well, we have a, um, like an update where we do like a virtual leaderboard. So what we'll do is we'll call the top 10 up and we'll have two big screens where we'll have the top 10 listed with all the fish they caught. And then as we call the top 10 up to interview them, 
will put their photos of their fish up on the big screens with projectors. We project their images up there. So it's kind of a virtual weigh-in, so to speak. And so Saturday, we do it, I mean, Friday after day one. It's about an hour and a half after the tournament ends, so it's typically around 5.30. And then on Sunday, or for Saturday, sorry, because I keep slipping because Minnesota, you got to do a Friday, Saturday. You can't do a Saturday, Sunday. So that's why I keep slipping because most states, it's Saturday, Sunday. And so on Saturday for the awards, the tournament ends at 1, and we'll do the awards presentation, let everything fly at 2.30. Okay, and so and, and people can come out and check it out? Oh, yeah, we're open to the public. We encourage it. We usually got good crowds showing up, and they get to see it. It's, it's, it's awesome for, you know, a lot of people, like we've been talking about, the muskie is an elusive fish, and it's not as elusive as one may think if you, you know what you're doing in it, but it's great for the – general public to come on out and and meet we got a lot of pros and a lot of high profile fishermen on our tournament circuit and we're going to come out meet and chat with some of these guys and just listen to the advice they give and what it took to put fish in the boat because typically unless you're fishing for them like we talked about you get the accidental walleye guy that might give one in here a little unjust towards us but um you know to be able to actually see it and talk firsthand it's, it's a great experience coming to one of these Brady, uh, your role at Visit Bemidji, uh, is it uh, to bring in every fishing tournament you can find? Or what? what is your role at Visit Bemidji exactly? <laughs> if I can fish all the time through Visit Bemidji, I would. That would be fantastic. I don't think Josh would be too cool with that. But I... Uh, yeah, no, there are there have been other fishing tournaments that I have brought in the past, but this is going to be by far the biggest one, and we're really excited to have it here, and uh, we welcome more fishing tournaments, absolutely, to come to the Bemidji area. The fishery is unbelievable here, and uh, yeah, we're just really looking forward to this upcoming one, and who knows what the future might bring. This could uh, set the stage for, I know we had the Bassmasters uh, Classic here with the college, um, and so mm-hmm. that was a big one as well. That was before my time, but who knows what the future of Bemidji holds for fishing. I think it's looking pretty good right now. Tim, how'd you get into into this game? You know, it's funny. I, I used to fish a lot of muskie tournaments myself and, and was and was actually doing quite well. In, I mean, actually took first in a couple of them and won a boat motor and trailered another one and, and uh, was doing quite well. And I, kept, I couldn't understand because there were a lot of tournaments that were paying out good money and they had full fields. And I'm like... It, it seems simple to me. Why aren't, why isn't somebody, a group or somebody putting together a circuit so we could travel around just like Bass and Wally and all these other guys? So I kind of got a few people together and, and started it on my own. And, it, and, it, and then I quickly realized I can't fish the thing I wanted to fish in anymore. I got to run it. <laughs> and it would have been a little conflict of interest. But 23 years later, I still enjoy doing it and, and letting so many people enjoy what. You know the thing I always enjoy, so it's it's awesome. I love doing it. How uh, how many states have you have you had tournaments in? Thirteen, I think we have thirteen different states in Ontario. Okay, and uh, and of course Minnesota is one of the biggies when it comes to muskies, and certainly Lake Bemidji's legendary for their big muskies. Uh, not uh, tons and tons of them, but boy, you catch one of them, that's that's going to give you some points right away. Uh, absolutely, Bemidji. You know, it doesn't, because of some of the, the high profile, when I say high profile, just because they're, you know, Leech Lake, legendary water, and, you know, Cass Lake or Winnipegot, I mean, they're bigger, though, too. But if you've got a bet, if I have a place that I'm going to go fishing, where am I going to have my best luck and catch the most muskies? It's definitely going to be Bemidji. There's, I'm not saying that because we're going there. I'm saying that because that's a fact. And 
and I have fished all, every water. <laughs> I <laughs> fished them all. And but like I was telling you earlier, I, I used to go to Bemidji quite a bit. I would fly into Minneapolis, and, and we'd drive up there with my buddies and we'd fish, and I never told anybody, and I was still doing a PMTT, and, and it was amazing how many guys there was, you know, especially later in the fall, it didn't didn't have a lot of pressure, and, and I was shocked at how many big fish. It's just a, like you were saying, you can get a big one, but there's quite a few in there, so quite a few big ones. I, I just, the lake all the way around lays out well, spreads the anglers out. It's, it's a great body of water. All right, so uh, layout the weekend. You talked about Friday, Saturday. Uh, I know you got some stuff going on Thursday. What's going on Thursday? Thursday is our rules and registration meeting. So the guys, all the anglers, I should say, have to be there between 3 and 5 o'clock. It's open to the public, too. If folks want to go there and listen to us talk or or just see how you know everything is handled and what we do there, it's 3 to 5 p.m., is the registration, and then at 5 p.m., we do a rules meeting, and I go over the basics, parts of, you know, the rules, and I don't beat them up too bad because it's every angler's responsibility to know the state, local, you know, the PMTT rules, all rules of law. So I only go over the basics that might be, you know, geared more towards this actual event. I don't beat up too much of, you know, the entire PMTT rules because, or any of the state or any, they're supposed to know that. So it's kind of cool. People like to stop out. It's not as exciting as like, you know, day one after day one or day two, but we, I mean, it'll be a full packed house there for sure because it's a mandatory meeting. So everybody will be there and we go over, like I said, the basics, you know, the basic rundown of the tournament. All right. And Brady, um, again, uh, that's the last weekend in August, correct? That's correct, uh, Kev. It's August 26th through the 28th. Okay. Yep. How uh, how vital is fishing to tourism and visit Bemidji? It sure seems like, Kev, it's getting bigger and bigger every year. Um, I know we talk about uh, fishing licenses going up even with COVID and all of that, but honestly, that's our hidden gem here in Bemidji is the outdoors. People love coming out here so they can enjoy the natural resource that we have. And fishing, it, it keeps getting more and more on the map. And uh, as long as we can keep uh, our resources the way we need to by selective harvesting and uh, taking care of our waters and invasive species, I honestly believe that this could turn into a town of fishing down the road even more than it is right now. So maybe some people don't like that, but uh, I think it's definitely a positive way for the future. All right. Hey, Tim, thank you for bringing this event to Bemidji. We're looking forward to it, the Professional Muskie Tournament Trail, uh, August 26th through the 28th. Uh, we will see you that weekend, Tim. Thank you for taking time today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Kevin. I appreciate it. Thanks, Ke- Thank you so much. That's a wrap for today. Thanks for spending some time with us. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to the podcast at Podcast One and the Pod MN app, which will also give you access to hundreds of other Minnesota-based podcasts. One of the main reasons to subscribe to the podcast is oftentimes we have exclusive interviews on the podcast side or just extended interviews from the interviews we have on the radio show. In fact, if you listen on KB101, every interview we have on that show, there's an extended version on the podcast. So it's well worth your time to subscribe, plus it allows you to listen at your leisure. A lot of great stuff coming up later on in the week. Last week we talked with Henry Drews, the Northwest Regional Fisheries Manager, upon his retirement. This week, John Williams, the Northwest Wildlife Manager, has also retired, and we get his thoughts of his career in the DNR. Then on Thursday we'll hear from Jason Rylander, and we got Jonesy a.k.a. Jeremy Anderson of Jones Guide Service on the Park Rapids fishing scene set for Friday. And rumor has it Bruce Jeet might be in for a visit. If not this week, 
early next week. That's it for today. I'm Kev Jackson. Thanks for being here. Now we go on fishing. <laughs>